Hello everyone, my name is Shreya Bandupadhyay and I am a sophomore studying political science and legal studies at UW-Madison. I'm an intern for the Social Justice Hub run through the Wisconsin Union and we're located in Union South across from the Marquee Theater. So please come check us out. We do super cool programming and events such as this podcast series. This podcast series is also supported by the Office of Sustainability and is a part of their Earth Week programming. Just a quick note before we get started, this podcast is being recorded remotely as we are practicing social distancing. So please don't think we're sitting in a studio very close. We're not. We're separated by many miles. We at the Social Justice Hub understand the uncertainty and fear being felt by the collective global community at this time. So we hope this podcast on sustainable shopping and responsible consumerism will provide an escape if only for 20 minutes. Please remember that you're never alone and help is always out there. There are resources available. For example, please check out www.uhs.wis.edu slash mental health. With that being said, I would like to introduce my guest, Connor Ravoyne. Connor, thank you so much for volunteering your time and effort and especially being so willing to figure out how to record remotely with me. I'll turn it over to you to give an introduction. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Shreya. It's like a really weird time right now. So you got to be flexible with uh, um, with how things are being done, especially with uh, the online stuff. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's, yeah, I agree. It's super weird. Um, And thank you to everyone who's even tuning in and like taking the time out of your day to listen to this. It's super awesome. Um, So we can hop right into the questions. So what inspired you to pursue a career in sustainable fashion and why is it, and why is sustainable fashion important to you? I, if you would have told me three years ago that I was going to be starting a sustainable fashion brand, um, (laughs) I would have called you crazy. I, it, it hasn't really been something that I've been super passionate about for a long time. Like it all kind of started, um, was I used to have to shop at thrift stores a lot because I was like this weird size where I was like too tall, but also too big for most of the clothes, most of the clothes that were produced Mm -hmm. at like, um, like box stores or just like other places. So I had to end up going to thrift stores in order to find anything that would work for me. So it was like more of a personal reason, but like, as I've grown in my education, I've been more exposed um, to the injustices that um, not only the world is feeling um, in terms of like unsustainable production methods, but also how like workers um, in foreign countries who tend to produce most of our clothing here in the United States, um, how they're mistreated um, and they're working in these like terrible conditions. It kind of, it didn't feel right not um it didn't feel right purchasing clothing from those those stores from the mall anymore. It's just like th- thrift stores and just trying to be as um, sustainable as possible in my purchases started to becoming a little bit more important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I think one thing um, I talked about with Genev from St. Vinny's um, who was on last time was just how, like how interesting it's been the complete shift in opinion surrounding thrifting because I feel like when I was growing up, like it was viewed as like not something that you would do for like fun and as mm-hmm. a choice. Whereas now it's much more like kind of been taken up by our generation, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I mean, um, I know some people that like still kind of see, see thrifting as almost second rate or um, 
like oh I'm too good to thrift like I don't need to thrift people that there's mm-hmm. other people that need to go thrifting more than I do like I can purchase clothing but in a lot of ways like that's I feel like our generation isn't doing it um like yeah it's a little bit cheaper sometimes to thrift but more but it's it's it is so much about the like sustainable stuff like yeah somebody else wore it before but you can still wash it it still looks the same if not it looks a little bit cooler because right. it's like withstood the test of time so um yeah that shift has just been crazy to see in the last like 10 10 or 15 years mm-hmm, for sure um okay so the second question is given the current climate of COVID-19 why should people continue to care about sustainable shopping? I think what we're, we're seeing with um, how the pandemic's playing out and how it's affecting um, these low-income, oftentimes minority populations, um, because they're at a greater um, risk for health disparities and like with mm-hmm. COVID-19 disproportionately affecting um, those groups, I think that sustainable shopping is more important than ever. Um, because a lot of times... Um, Like, for example, 80% of the workforce um, of people who produce our clothing are women and only 2% like have a um, are able are earning a living wage. So in a lot of ways, those are the people that are most impacted by like not having health care, not having um, not having basic necessities met. And that's why they're um, like disproportionately being affected by this pandemic. So if we really want to see change, and I think that a lot of people do, especially um, with how this, how our healthcare system is starting to point out um, these disparities that exist and they're accentuating, accentuating them. Um, like, yeah, it's a perfect time to really dedicate yourself to shopping sustainably because it isn't only going to help the earth. It's going to help those people that are most affected during this time. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and then kind of going along with that, in your opinion, what is the importance of supporting local and shopping local and how does this impact the earth on a larger scale? I think shopping local um, is it, it is extremely important because, like, if we if we spend a dollar um, at a local store, sixty eight percent of that dollar stays within the community. Whereas if we purchase something at Walmart, mm-hmm. only forty three percent. So if we really want to like bolster our local economies, which are very struggling, like which are struggling right now, um, and tend to struggle to compete with things like Amazon and Walmart. Um, shopping local is probably the best thing that we can do in terms of like economic impacts. But um, if we're really talking about the impact on the earth um, on a larger scale and the environmental impacts um, with shopping locally, you don't have to, you're not worrying about all those carbon emissions from transportation, getting goods from, from place to place. And oftentimes if you live in a metropolitan area, the goods are produced within a couple mile radius of there. Um, and a lot of times you can, you can walk to those stores, you can walk to those local producers and pick things up. So you're really limiting then um, the waste that you're producing. So it's super great um, that way. And then another thing from an economic standpoint is like small businesses employ ha- almost half the people in the United States. So um, those are, those, they're basically, they're the backbone of the U.S. economy. So if we really like want to continue to keep ourselves afloat during this, during this time, shopping local, um, helps the economy so much, helps our local economies, um, and it helps the world. Because if we focus on what we can control right here by shopping local and limiting the environmental impacts here, and we do that everywhere, those, um, those changes are going to kind of come together and you'll see an impact on a, on a global scale somewhere down the line. 
Definitely. I mean, I think that's like definitely the economy argument is got to be one of the strongest arguments for shopping local. And I think that's one thing that people kind of miss because I think they get the environment. Like, I think they understand mm-hmm. that part of it. But I think they forget, oh, I should be supporting my local businesses because it's going to help me in the long run. I mean, we're intrinsically selfish. Yeah, absolutely. So I think people should definitely have that on their minds. So, yeah, that was a really good point to point out. Um, okay, so one common misconception I often hear amongst my peers is that sustainable shopping is expensive, so they have to settle for fast fashion. What are some ways young people can shop sustainably without breaking the bank? Like I said earlier, I think the easiest way to do so is either thrift stores or consignment shops. Um, Just because of this clothing um, that has already been manufactured. So, I mean, although the environment's impact has already kind of happened, by purchasing that clothing secondhand, you're not redoing that process. So you're able to um, essentially have a um, a net zero, um, like carbon emissions by just purchasing that clothing. So I think that's the easiest way. And oftentimes clothing from consignment, consignment shops or thrift stores is already discounted, um, just by the fact that it is, it, it, that it is used already. Um, I think that's the easiest way to get into it. And if you've never been thrift shopping before, um, and you don't really feel comfortable going into a good world, like I say, the easiest way to do it is just grab a friend and kind of make make fun out of it because you'll you'll always find kind of weird, quirky pieces. And I think that's that's one of the funnest parts is um, is seeing those things. Like sometimes you'll find something from like the 1970s and you're like, this hasn't been worn in 50 years, but like <laughs> I'm going to wear it. I'm going to rock it. I think it's just um, it's just the cool, cool way to do it for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I know when I first started thrift shopping, I would go to like my local savers with my friends and we would go for like, you know, like Christmas time to buy yep. Christmas sweaters and then it just kind of became like a thing. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely agree. That's always the best way to get in. Um, okay. And so in your opinion, can sustainable shopping aid the movement towards a greener planet? And so in other words, do you think sustainable shopping will reduce the impacts of the climate crisis? Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe that sustainable shopping, um, is one is one of the most impactful ways that consumers can contribute to um, change on a global scale. It's we like, for example, we talk about recycling and how important recycling is, but um, a lot of times we come to find out that recycling isn't all that like it doesn't really have all that much of an impact. Or places take their recycling mm-hmm. and they throw it in the garbage because somebody forgot to take off a cap because the cap isn't recyclable, but the bottle is. Um, so mm-hmm. like something like that seems so out of reach and something that we really can't change because the system has to change in place. But um, with sustainable shopping, like it's the second largest consumer sector, like in the world in terms of like um, gross product, but it is also the set. It's like the number one waste producer or the number one producer of wastewater um, in the industrial sector. So it's like this huge kind of conglomerate of all things that are bad for the environment that just being being more um, conscious of our our fashion choices um, and the purchases we're making can have a huge impact on that if we if we buy from local producers um, that are trying their best to produce things ethically and sustainably um, like it's gonna if if enough of us do it it's gonna make a dent in the fashion industry and hopefully kind of get that fast fashion mindset and have us kind of develop more of a um, appreciation for where our clothes are coming from um, and how they're impacting the people that not, not only produce them, but um, um, the people that live in those countries most affected um, 
by climate change and um, the climate crisis. For sure. Um, Okay. And so kind of shifting gears from general sustainable questions to your business Mm -hmm. in particular. um, So for, I just like to give you a chance, like explain what you're doing um, with Raven. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've been working on this project for probably the last um, five months or so, but the name of the company that we're starting is called scene. Um, And a little background on the name is um, a lot of people talk about um, how we're in a time period in history where human actions have the greatest impact on earth and we've ever had. And that time, th- that time is called the Anthropocene. Um, so that's where we kind of got the name seen from because we want to develop this brand to be something that's, um, being contributing to the solution, not adding to the, um, to the downfall of all these industries. So that's kind of like we came up, come up with, came up with it, but, what we're looking to do is use agricultural byproducts and food that's unfit for consumption as a um, derivative for dyes. And then using those dyes to um, dye secondhand clothing. Right now we're focusing on secondhand clothing um, to produce really cool um, neutral tone colors, um, earthy tones. And that's kind of like we're working on right now. Hopefully down the line we compare with a um, – like a hemp company or um, organic um, cotton company, and potentially um, develop our own our own pieces, and then dye it with the food waste or the food waste dyes that we've been able to produce. That I mean, it's so cool. Like when I first heard about it from Lauren from G Alpha, um, I was I was blown away that you guys were like these you know students starting this company um that was so amazing and had such a cool <laughs> i'm having a stroke and had such a cool mission um to it so yeah yeah and cool. the, um, um no i was just gonna yeah, say go it, like i know you asked me how i got in sustainable fashion and like it, it kind of ties into um to the to why we came up with this idea in the first place was raven and i are both really involved in how food systems work and um, specifically the f- food system in Madison. So that's kind of where we initially got our, um, our idea a little bit. So that goes to show that like, you'll never know which direction um, being involved in something will take you. Like I said, like I never thought that I'd be starting a sustainable mm-hmm. fashion brand. Um, but working through working with food systems, I realized that there are ties to fashion and all these things are interconnected. Um, and if we're able to tie them to either cohesively, we can limit waste and make things a little bit more efficient. So, um, that's what we were thinking. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So what is the biggest challenge that you faced while planning and working on your startup? And what is some advice that you would have for others who wish to do the same? Um, uh, starting a startup is definitely challenging. Um, it is I think the biggest challenge that we face is definitely um, um, developing a plan of action. Like so many people have these great ideas and I've talked to so many people with great ideas that um, I think the biggest thing is nobody really knows where to start. They have this idea and they want to put it into practice, but they're like, who do I talk to? How do I get Mm -hmm. the ball moving? Um, All that kind of stuff. And Raven and I, um, and actually my roommate Tusha is another one of our partners. He does all our, all of our design and um, okay. website and stuff, but we met for like three or four weeks in a row and it really like we, we would get together and talk and come up with all these great ideas and put them down on paper. But 
it really seemed like we weren't getting anywhere. And I, we've had to meet with mm. some people that are a little bit older and have a little bit more experience with this. Um, and they said, you just, you just got to focus on one area of your business or one area of your startup and really dig in um, and push that forward because through pushing that forward, you'll push the entire business forward. Um, and I think that was the biggest hurdle for sure. Um, and some advice for others who would wish to do the same with the startup that they're thinking about or a project that they'd want to work on is just like, don't give up. Like there are times where um, you'll hit a wall and you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, I don't know if we'll um, ever find people to support this mission. If you believe in the mission and um, like you really just like dedicate your, your all to it, like there things can happen and it might not work out the way that you want it to, but it could potentially lead you to um, another project that is more successful. So it's all just like a learning process. And I think that um, I've learned a lot through, through doing this. And I know that um, Raven and I have talked about how, if this doesn't end up working out or the startup never gets off the ground, like we've, we've developed so many skills by trying it that we know it's going to be applicable, applicable mm -hmm. um, in our future careers regardless. And if I had to boil that statement down to one like little line, I would say think big and start small. Like that's it. Sim simple as that. I just got chills <laughs> from that. Amazing. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I think one of the biggest lessons I've taken away from my college experience so far is just like, people are always going to be there to help you. Absolutely. You just have to ask. So I think, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, okay. Well, that's it for me. Um, I'd like to thank Connor so much again for um, joining us and just being willing to share his experiences so openly. Um, I just like you to have a chance to like say goodbye and um, wrap anything for sure. that you have yeah. going on. Thanks for, thanks for having me again. I was really excited to hear about this and then especially meeting you at the, the social justice hub and um, having Lauren introduce us and stuff and hear about um, although the, the week got canceled, like the earth week kind of thing. Um, I'm glad to see you're still able to um, meet with people and have um, your passions and, and stuff shine through through this. So that's great. Um, but yeah, sure. yeah. So our, we have social media pages. Um, like I said, the name of our company is seen. Um, we just put up a survey trying to gauge like our, um, our customer base, but if you want to follow us on our social media, it's project underscore scene on Instagram and um, Facebook hasn't been published yet, but like, if you follow us, follow us on Instagram, um, you'll be, you'll be kept up to date with um, what we're doing. And just to spell it out, it's project underscore C E N E. So yeah. Thanks for having me again. This is great. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Okay, so that wraps it up for this episode. I would once again like to thank Connor for agreeing to be a guest and having the patience while we figure all of this out. It is so appreciated. I would also like to thank Carrie Sanders for donating so much of her time and knowledge to make this as successful as it can be. She runs a blog on sustainable shopping called Sustainably Glam. Please check it out. It is so informative and interesting. If you can't tell, I highly recommend it. Lastly, a huge thanks goes out to the Social Justice Hub and the Office of Sustainability for making this podcast possible and supplying me with the resources that made it a reality. Thank you everyone for tuning in and please take what you heard today seriously. It does not have to be one drastic change, but small steps in the right direction do make an impact, no matter how small.
Join us for the next podcast where we'll be joined by Crystal Marks, the founder and CEO of the sustainable fashion brand Love Apparel. Well, that's it for me. We hope you're all staying happy, healthy, and home. And thank you for tuning in.